bearing with us. We switched to a new computer today, so all the programs and everything, um, they kind of sprang on us last minute. So um, the AV team um, is an incredible team that often gets, goes unnoticed. So um, please appreciate them when you can, because there's a lot that goes uh, behind the scenes um, as well. Because it's often said, no one notices when the AV team does everything right. They only notice when something goes wrong. So that's how underappreciated they are. So uh, I want to give a special uh, thanks to them. Um, excited to be back after a couple weeks. I think December was our last time we had youth service. And uh, I'm excited to be back in the book of John. We haven't been back in the book of John uh, since actually, I think, August, because we had the congregational series and then uh, the Advent series in December. So uh, we're back in the book of John. And um, as I jump into the sermon, I want to open us up in prayer uh, just so our hearts can be ready. So uh, bow with me in a, in a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you for your word that speaks life into us. Lord, it is not just a dead book like a book written by um, normal human beings. It was written by normal human beings, but it was inspired, divinely inspired and without error and reveals to us who you are. This is the divine revelation, Lord, that um, blesses us and guides us and makes known to us the ways of salvation and wisdom in life. So, Lord, may we be attentive if we're uh, tempted to be distracted or to bother our neighbor. Lord, help us to just have the self-control guided by your spirit to um, focus on your word and to um, understand that you might be teaching us something uh, very powerful for us today. So, Lord, may we be attentive to that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. If I were to ask you, what is love? I wonder what would come to mind. What is love? How would you define it in your mind? Maybe some of you are, you know, giggling or laughing because in your mind you have an idea of what love looks like. You see it uh, maybe in high schools. Two teenagers, they don't want to go to class. They want to stay in passing period, hug, um, kiss, and all that. And, uh, you know, hall monitors and security guards are telling them to go to class. Is that what love is? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Maybe for some of you guys, love is your favorite food. I love McDonald's. I love chicken nuggets. I love french fries. Maybe you love McDonald's. Is that what love is? Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, maybe for some of us, love could be our favorite uh, hobby or interest, whether it's a sports, um, maybe some sort of activity like photography. That's something I enjoy. And I could say I'm very passionate about certain aspects about that. Is it a hobby or an activity that we do. You might have passion for that. Um, that might be a type of love. Today, I want you to forget everything you think you know about love and allow Jesus to define love for you. Because I think the word love is defined in so many different ways. If we can define it as things like, you know, a teenage romance, um, a passion for a hobby, or a commitment between a husband and a wife, or the love from God to humanity. Well, there's so many definitions for love. Who knows what it actually means? So today, I want you to allow Jesus to define love for you. And once Jesus has defined love, then I want you to ask yourself, am I a loving person the way that Jesus is? So that's the challenge I have for you guys as we jump, in, jump into today's sermon. Um, last Sunday, if you guys remember what Pastor Albert preached about, does anyone remember just off the top of their head? 
It's been a week. Sometimes you do. Okay, good job, Andrew. It was about the vine and the branches. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches that stay connected to the vine. And when the branches stay connected, they bear fruit. And we're going to see here today that as disciples, if you call yourself a Christian, you must remain in Christ. And the evidence of that is that you bear fruit. I want to say something that I don't mean to be offensive, but this sermon is not optional. That if you reject this sermon, if you reject this message, that says something about your life. And I just want to read from the verse of John because I think this helps set the tone for this sermon. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, it's not on your bulletin. It's in because I'm going to read a verse before this passage. So open your Bibles to John chapter 15. I think this really helps set the tone for the importance of this message. John chapter 15 will be, I want to read verse 8, so that's not in your bulletin. So that's why I want you guys to open uh, your paper Bibles. John chapter 15, verses 8. Here is why this sermon, this passage is so important. It answers the question that maybe many of you guys think, how do I know I'm actually a Christian? How do I know I'm actually saved? Well, John 15, 8, it tells us how we can know. John chapter 15, verse 8 says this, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. So how do you know you're a Christian? Are you bearing fruits? Are you bearing the fruit that is necessary for a disciple? Just as a branch that's part of an apple tree must bear apples, otherwise it is cut off and you know, thrown away. So Christians, if you call yourself a Christian, you must bear fruits. There must be evidence in your life that shows you are a Christian. Now you might be wondering, so what does bearing fruit looks like? What does it look like? What does it mean? Because I want to make sure that's evident in my life. Well, that's why this sermon is called Bearing the Fruit of Love. Love is that fruit. And this is the sermon preview that I have for us today. So let's have the next slide. How do I know, how can disciples bear the fruit of love? The first point I'm going to go through is, if we can have that um, on a PowerPoint slide, is obedience. I'll say verbally. Oh, there we go. Obedience, that we are commanded to love like Jesus. And I'll unpack that because if we want to have bare fruits, we have to recognize it's a command. Um, and then secondly, we have to understand there is a dependence, that if we want to love like Jesus, you're going to see that it's actually impossible. And that's why you need dependence, to abide, to remain, to connect, so that you are empowered by the love of Jesus. So these are the two concepts I want us to see in today's scripture, that if you want to understand if you're truly a Christian, well, are you bearing fruits? Are you loving like Jesus? That's the first point. And then when you recognize that you cannot, you must depend on Jesus. That's the only way we can bear fruit. So let's go to the first uh, point, which is obedience. Look with me now at verses uh, 12 to 15 of uh, chapter 15. This is what Jesus says. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And I do have it on the slide right here. Let's just unpack that one verse. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. I want us to first notice that it's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. Jesus is not saying, if you feel like it, you should love like me. 
Jesus is saying, this is my commandment. This is a direct guidance and order that you love one another. And it's not just a commandment by a random stranger off the streets. It's a command by Jesus. Jesus himself makes this command to his disciples that Jesus, the Lord and Savior that we worship, we should give him the respect and obedience that he deserves. His commandment is to love one another as I have loved you. And that says something about the nature of love. Jesus doesn't say an abstract concept, love. He says, love as I have first loved you. So Jesus first loves the world. He loves you, and he shows you what that looks like. And then in turn, he says, love one another just as I has lo- have loved you. And then we must ask yourself, okay, well, if Jesus is asking us to love as he loved, what does that love look like? Well, it's a good thing that Jesus defines that for us. In the very next verse, verse 13, it says this, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. So you know what true love is? True love is laying down your life for your friends. Jesus defines it right here in verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. So go back to the examples I gave in the beginning. The teenagers in the hallway hugging before they go to class. Our love for McDonald's, our love for uh, hobbies, or maybe our love for even our family. Is that love characterized by almost a willingness to give up your own life? So if you want to be close to Jesus, you must keep his commands and love one another in such a way that you're willing to even lay down your life for them. That seems pretty impossible, doesn't it? We all have friends, people that we care about in this life. Ask yourself, are you actually willing to lay down your life for them? If there's an opportunity that came up, would you actually do that? Would you give up the thing that was most precious to you? Would you actually give up your life? That's when we realize we actually don't love like Jesus. It is impossibly difficult. But Jesus, he is so serious about about this command. He says, you are a friend of mine if you keep his commandment which is kind of shocking. So let's see exactly what Jesus says in verses 14 and 15. It's in uh, your Bibles. This is what Jesus says. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Let's stop there. So if you are a friend of Jesus, you will do what he commands. If you are an enemy of Jesus, you will ignore what he commands of you. Isn't that crazy? Think about this. Jesus is the greatest being ever. He wasn't created. He had always existed as the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God. And this Jesus, the Lord of the universe, considers you his friend. Isn't that amazing? To put it another way, don't we all have celebrities and actors and actresses that we look up to or musicians that we wish We follow them on Instagram, and we really look up to them. We wonder, what would it be like to actually be friends with this celebrity? Maybe you like or comment on their Instagram post, but you know they're not even going to look at your comments because they have thousands of comments there. So if they actually were to respond, you'd probably blow up. You'd screenshot it. You'd put it on your story. You'd show, wow, this person actually responded to me. And so think about that. If a human, if we have this much love and adoration for a human, 
who doesn't even see us as a friend, they might not even know we exist, how much more the God of the universe, Jesus, when he sees you as a friend, that should overwhelm us with gratefulness. That should floor us. Now, I want to clarify something because we shouldn't be casual with Jesus. We shouldn't like treat him the way we treat our own friends. Sometimes we're very, <laughs> um, we're not the most nicest to our friend <laughs> at times. We don't want to treat Jesus with the casualness. I remember I saw a shirt once that said, Jesus is my homeboy. And it had Jesus doing some sort of like, you know, pose. And I thought that's a little sacrilegious. That's a little <laughs> offensive because in a sense, Jesus isn't your homeboy. He's your Lord and Savior. But in this verse, we do see that Jesus calls us his friend. So there is an intimacy there that he has revealed something to us because what are best friends except for people who share things with one another? They're honest with one another. Isn't that what you do with your best friends? You share, uh, you confide in them. Um, things that you wouldn't do with other normal, normal friends. And that's what Jesus says. He says, a servant is not greater than the master because, um, you know, a boss, a CEO doesn't share his company plans with a janitor. I mean, there's a huge discrepancy. But God is saying that as friends, they will share with one another. And so Jesus, who has heard plans from the Father, he has revealed that to his disciples, people like us. So this is a privilege. And Jesus has revealed his will that we should love one another as he has loved us. So if I could summarize this point, if you have the next point, Jesus commands you to love one another in a sacrificial way, even to the point of death. This is incredibly difficult, almost impossible to do. But I want us to think about something. We were never there in heaven. But imagine if you're in that moment when Jesus descended from heaven into earth. Now, this is in the Bible, so it's just imagination with a spiritual um, purpose to it. Imagine Jesus in the perfection and paradise of heaven. No sin, perfect relationships, no gossiping, no misunderstanding, no conflict. Jesus is in heaven with the Father in spirits. He had everything he ever wanted. But he left that 2,000 years ago to descend on earth in the form of a baby. Maybe you can even imagine, I mean, this is just conjecture. It's not in the Bible. But imagine the angels being shocked. Jesus, why are you leaving heaven? It's perfect here. Why are you going to earth? You know what those people are like? You want to go there and um, relinquish your powers and come in the form of a helpless uh, baby? But this is what Jesus does. Why? Because he loved the world. He loved sinners. And he lived a perfect life. Died a sinner's death. So that salvation, salvation could be offered to you. This is true love. This is the gospel that Jesus actually walks the walk and talks the talk. That he is able to demonstrate the greatest love and lay down his life for his friends. So are you a friend of Jesus? How do you know if you're a friend of Jesus? Well, you know you're a friend of Jesus if you keep his commands. Let's have the next slide. I have some applications I want us to think about if we are loving like Jesus. Let's have the first um, thing. Do you love like Jesus? One way that you can maybe assess your love is to recognize what are the things I'm willing to give up for the people around me? So the first category we see is time and attention. 
when you love someone, you'll give up your time and your attention. Imagine right now you're in your room, you're working on your homework assignment, you're already behind, and your little sibling walks in. <laughs> and they want to play, or they want to ask for help, they need tutoring. What do you do? You're already behind, it's like 11.30, it's midnight, what do you do? <laughs> Some of you guys are already, I see your facial expressions, you're like, get out of the room, I'm behind on this homework. But true love sacrifices and gives of yourself time and attention, because you know your sibling, in a little bit, you're going to be in college. Your sibling will still be at home. And so you recognize a bigger picture that you want to deepen and build that strong relationship with your sibling. So you say, okay, yeah, let's, you know, I'll help you with your math homework. Yeah, I'll play Subway Surfers with you or whatever you guys like to do. So time and attention. Second category is energy and strength. Let's say you're at home, you're exhausted, maybe you came from practice, whether it's sports or a band or whatever, and your parents ask you to do the dishes, take out the trash. And you say, I don't want to do it. I'm so tired. Mom, Dad, I just got back from practice. It's like 4 or 5 p.m. Can't I just do it later? Maybe it's <laughs> the second Friday of the month. It's after small groups. There's a thought in your head. Hey, I think Unicorn needs help setting up chairs. Should I go back to the Hope Center? Or should I just say, oh, I have to go back to the car. I have to hang out with my friends. Every second Friday, there is a choice to give of your energy and strength to serve and love others and serve the church. So we must give up of our energy and strength to love and serve others. Thirdly is love and empathy. You all know that moment you feel in your heart when the weird kid at school goes up to you and talks to you. Maybe they smell. Maybe they have awkward social interactions. They, maybe they don't dress the best, and you just find them so annoying to be around. If you really love the people around them, will you show empathy, even to the people who are social outcasts? Maybe you have that friend who broke your trust, that they promised they would do something, or they wouldn't do something, and they broke that promise, and you still have a heart of bitterness towards them. Love and empathy also extends to forgiveness. Can you forgive a friend who has done that? Maybe you need patience to that kid in the group project who does zero work. <laughs> They're just there because they know you're smart and they want to rely on your intellect. So maybe can you have patience with that kid in your group project? If we can't even do any of these things, how can we expect to even give up our own life for those around us? Some of us might think, well, maybe I might give up my own life. Let's Let's be realistic. If we're not willing to even give up our time, attention, energy, strength, love, and empathy, what makes us think we'd be even willing to give up our life for those around us? And the reason I want to hit home on these categories, I want us to see you and I, we fall terribly short of the love of Jesus. How many people in this room can actually say, yeah, I, I do love like Jesus. I it was actually ready to give up my life the other day. I, it just, the opportunity, opportunity didn't come up. I don't know if anyone in this room can actually say that because deep down we are self-centered people. We do have huge pride. We do look out for our own interests and not for the interests of others. And if you recognize that, you'll recognize that I don't love like Jesus. Does that mean I don't bear fruit? Does that mean I'm not a believer, a genuine believer? I feel like a failure. I feel helpless. What am I to do? 
That's why the second point is just as important. We need dependence to be empowered by the love of Jesus. The only way that you can love like Jesus is if if you depend on Jesus. That is the only way that can happen. Imagine um, a vacuum cleaner in your house or any electrical appliance. It doesn't work unless you plug it into the outlet, right? Only electricity allows it to power the vacuum cleaner. So in the same way, a person, someone who calls himself a believer, you can't actually love another person like Jesus unless you abide or remain connected in the love of Christ. Let's see this in verses uh, 16 to 17 in John chapter 15. It says this, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruits and that your fruits should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Let's stop there. So Jesus reminds us and the disciples that it wasn't the disciples that chose Jesus. It was Jesus who approached the disciples and said, drop your nets and follow me. Why? So that they could go and bear fruit, namely the fruit of love. I want us to see, look at um, verses, um, that middle, that, that middle line, the type of fruit is the one that should abide. I bolded it, hopefully you can see it. If we want to actually bear fruit, it must be the type of fruit that results from abiding in Christ, from remaining in Christ, or staying connected to Christ. That's the only way that we can bear fruit. I had uh, some time to, I want to visually display this, if this is possible, so if we can have the next slide. Um, this is how I want us to see things. So look at the bottom of that. Let's read that, I'll read that verse, and this will help us kind of see things. I am the vine, this is Jesus talking, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So let's move from the left to the right. On the very left, you see the vine dresser that refers to God the Father. And then the vine, the green vine, that's Jesus. And the yellow branches, that's believers. And we can only bear fruit when we abide, which means to depend on Jesus, to remain connected to him. And if we do that, then the nutrients from the vine will allow us to bear fruits, which is that apple, the life of love and service to God and others. But there are also branches that do not bear fruits. They do not stay connected. And what happens to them is they, are, they do not bear fruits and they are burned. And we see that. I'm not just saying that. I'm making that up. Look with me at chapter 15, verses 6 in John chapter 15. This is what Jesus says. If anyone does not abide in me, He is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. This is why this message is so serious. This sermon is not optional. This passage, it's not a suggestion. We must bear fruit as disciples, bear the fruit of love. Otherwise, we prove ourselves to be unbelievers. And it's not that um, God is holding us on a short leash like, hey, you didn't love today, you're not a believer. I'm not saying it works like that. But if at the end of your life, you reject Christ, and you refuse to be connected to the vine, you have proven yourself to be an unbeliever. And we know that unbelievers who reject Christ on this earth, they will not have Christ in the life to come. That is what we talk about when we talk about heaven and hell, blessing, suffering. 
This is the seriousness of this passage. I know many of you, I care for all of you in this room, but I know that in any given youth group, it's only a small minority who are genuinely saved. They genuinely care about bearing fruits and actually loving and living like Jesus. All of you guys, I think, are really, really nice. I see you guys a lot. I try to have uh, conversations with you guys. You guys are all very respectful. It's very nice. But nice people don't go to heaven. Only saved people can enter the kingdom of God. And saved people are those who depend on the vine Jesus and bear fruit and so demonstrate that they are genuinely saved. So the only way that you can love like Jesus is if you abide in him, stay connected in him. Now you might ask, well, okay, I get the visual, but what does this specifically look like? What does this actually look like in my life? So let's go into application. What this looks like, how do I actually abide in Christ? We have the next points. We see this in verses 7 to nine, seven and 9. You must abide in the words of Christ. So let me read chapter 15, verse 7 in John. It says this, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Let's look at verses 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. So what does it look like to abide in the love of Christ, to stay connected to the vine? Well, it is to abide in the words of Christ. Where are the words of Christ? It's not found in TikTok. It's not found in your textbook. It's found in the Bible. To abide in the love of Christ, to abide in the words of Christ, is to abide in the Bible, abide in Scripture every single day. And now this really hits close to home. How many of you actually read the Bible every single day? How many of you actually open the Bible, you set aside time in your day, and you say, God, I want to be with you today. I want to encounter you today. How many of us actually do that? And I think if you're honest with yourself, maybe not as much as we want to. We might have good days, but perhaps if you're like me in high school, I rarely opened my Bible during the week. I felt I was too busy, but instead I was just an excuse. If you actually want to bear the fruit of love, you must abide in Scripture. Are you actually in the Word every single day? If you're not, you will perish, just as a branch will eventually perish if they are not connected to the vine. They will run out of water, they will not bear fruits, and they will be useless. My fear is that that would not be you. So it's a new year. It's early January. Perfect time for New Year's resolution. If you do those things, do those types of things, I challenge you, commit to reading the Bible. Not just because it's the right thing to do. It is, but because it connects you. It helps you to abide in the words of Christ. I'd rather have you read one verse a day and be genuinely impacted by that verse versus skimming through like a chapter because you know you're supposed to do it and you don't really get anything out of it. I'd rather have you be impacted by one verse a day and then slowly build up from there. This is the way we abide and this is the only way that we survive. Here's a big idea for today. If we have the next slide. It's very simple. You can only love like Jesus by depending on Jesus. You can't love like Jesus if you're depending on yourself. 
you can't love like Jesus if you're not reading the Bible and you're not actually encountering God every single day. This is the only way that we can thrive in the Christian life. I want to remind us again because it's so important. This sermon is not a suggestion. God is making a call on your life. When we die, we will be without excuse because you have heard the words of Christ to abide in him, to bear fruits. Otherwise, we'll be like useless branches thrown into a fire. And I think if we're feeling discouraged, if we're feeling hopeless, I want us to know Jesus demonstrated this love first. Because think about it. Jesus didn't just demonstrate a love for his friends. He didn't just lay down his life for his friends. He laid down his life for his enemies. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. So while we are still enemies of God, Jesus died for us. So Jesus goes beyond the greatest love, not just dying for his friends, but he dies for his enemies. You and I, we are not always friends with Christ. We were enemies of Christ. We deserve death. We deserve hell. We deserve suffering. I mean, that sounds very offensive for me to say you and I deserve hell. But that is what the Bible says. The wages of sin is death. But Christ dies for his enemies. He dies for sinners like you and I so that we can be turned from enemies to friends. So if you are truly changed by the love of Christ, love like Jesus. And the only way you can do that is to depend on Jesus. So by the grace of God, let's do that. Let's live in love like Jesus this week. Let's pray. Lord, as we approach you, we know that we fall terribly short of modeling and reflecting your love. We don't have a self-sacrificial love. We're not willing to love in a way that we are willing to lay down our own life. Lord, we have a self-centered love. We love so that people can love us back. We love in order to get something from other people. We love so that people don't forget us. Lord, we do all these things with um, a skewed and distorted view of love. But God, you have showed us what true love is when you came to earth and you laid down your life, not just for your friends, but for your enemies. And I pray, God, that this love would convict us. It would show us how, fall, how far we actually fall from your grace and that we need a Savior. So, Lord, help us. Help us to love like you. And if we don't, help us to first experience this amazing grace and amazing love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.